Aloha, welcome to the Xeno Podcast, where we talk about how we shape stories and how they shape us. My name is Mickey, and I'm filling in for Carly because she is our podcast guest today. And I'm Cole, so we're really excited to have Mickey on today with us. And we're also really excited to have both Carly and Spencer, who will introduce themselves in a little bit with us. Um, So as many of you know, the past few weeks we've been highlighting a different country each week and talking about the culture. Today we are going to do something a little different. Recently an original play was created and performed here at BYU-Hawaii. It was a huge success with each of the six showings of the play selling out. Today we are with the two students who created it one an alum and the other a senior. We're excited to talk about the process of creating and producing a play. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Spencer Grubb. I graduated from BYU-Hawaii last December uh, with a degree in music, and I wrote all of the music for the musical we wrote. Yes, and my name is Carly Stone. I'm usually on the other side of the podcast interviewing, so this is really exciting and nerve-wracking. I am a senior here at BYU-Hawaii, and I am graduating in with a bachelor degree in English this December. So, Great. And I wrote the dialogue for the play. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys. Okay, yeah. so let's just start with the origins of the play. Where, <laughs> where did the idea come from? Let's just start with that. Okay. So, uh, originally, I guess I'll start here. So, I've written, like, songs and other stuff before. And uh, when I was still a student, I showed um, the Densleys, who are the theater faculty here, just some of the songs I'd written, some of the poems and other monologues I'd written, just because I wanted to know what they thought, how I could make them better and make them not totally suck. And... Uh, a few months after I graduated, Aaron, the director of the play, uh, emailed me and he was like, hey, uh, we really want to do a short musical in the fall. Would you be willing to write with write it, like help write it, be involved in some way? And I said, absolutely. And that's kind of how like the whole process got started. Eventually I realized I'm garbage at writing <laughs> dialogue in any shape or form. So I called Carly because she's the best at that. Mm-hmm. Not the best, but I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. She had experience uh, doing that, so I was like, you are good and I like you, so <laughs> <laughs> let's work together. Uh, ended up working out, and I guess like the origins of the story of the musical, it's like really it's just about like six people, six people. Yeah, I mean, it turned into seven near the end. Also, it's called Familiar Strangers. Mm, Um, And it's kind of about um, people who enter this diner and they don't really know each other and their worlds collide. And at the end of the show, they do. They all know each other. They all have connections. So that was our big, like, theme or, like, um, like, I guess you could call it a thesis if you wanted to, like, put it in English terms. But, Mm -hmm. yeah. So. Yeah. And then, like, where I was coming from in terms of the initial story was I've always really been interested in the way that people interact, even, like, people, like, strangers, essentially. Like, you know, you sit by someone on the bus, you don't know anything about their life, but 
they have a life just like you. They have a mom and a dad. They matter brothers and sisters. They have things that they like. They have a favorite color and a favorite animal and a favorite song or something. I don't know. And so people, even though we don't realize it, have these really complex lives. And initially, I just wanted to capture that and just see what happens when someone's life collides with someone else's life that they have no business like meeting you know yeah. awesome and f time frame wise so when so you guys so spencer you were originally they kind of asked you to write it and then when you asked carly to help out so when did that all begin when you both started working together i think aaron asked me i like the beginning of May ish yeah. yeah and I think it was only like <laughs> a week and a half later or something that I, <laughs> that I called Carly so and I was like I have finals right now but like maybe <laughs> later so then I didn't know if it was an actual offer from the school to like produce a play or a musical so I was just kind of waiting to see what would happen and then during the summer Aaron Densley said yeah like we'd love for you to to write a musical and we're like all right so that's when it kind of started we I didn't work on it until into June so yeah so I have a question for you both concerning mm -hmm. time management or time oh. limit so <laughs> like you mentioned you found out like it was for sure gonna happen you really started working on it Carly around like June mm -hmm. so I'm wondering, like, what inspires you or, like, past tense, inspired you to write these songs and dialogue while under a certain time limit? Um, so originally, I guess Spencer could tell the story better than I could, but originally his idea was to have three different couples and focus on three different time frames. So one couple would be minute to minute, one would be, like, day to day, and the other would be year to year. So that's really hard to do on stage. So when we're brainstorming, we kind of had story ideas and characters, but it wasn't really fitting together. So I decided, I was like, hey, why don't we bring the stories together in a diner? And that's where the setting started to just be in our heads. So working, so at first it was really slow. We were kind of just like throwing ideas at the wall, but then like I knew we had to get it done by a certain date. So. I mean, that's hard for creative people because creativity doesn't always work on the timeline that you want it to. Right. So, I mean, whenever I had an idea, I would really try to write it out or like talk to Spencer about it so I could get it out of my brain like really fast because I knew that we had only like six weeks to work on it during the summer and then I was going to be back at school. So I couldn't really like super work on it then. Yeah, I think <clears throat> like for me, I don't know. Yeah, creati creativity, like, you can't really tell your brain, like, you have six weeks to do something, do exactly <laughs> this much every day. And so, yeah. especially when you're thinking really of, like, hard. song ideas and lyrics and music, it, sometimes you just have to, like, you have this idea of what you want to make when you think of a song or something, and you know that you have this deadline that you have to have everything done by, and you're working on, like, this one song, and you have three more songs to do, and there's all this bouncing around in your head, and it's super, super easy to just get caught up on like the super little things about it. But I think eventually, like one of the things that just kept me going is 
I kept telling myself, like, it'll eventually be done. And the second thing I kept telling myself was sometimes you're going to have to rhyme foot with foot. Like, you can't <laughs> think of a super clever rhyme. Like, you can't write Shakespeare every step of the way. Mm-hmm. So you just got to, like, put it down. And if you have time to edit it, cool. Other times it's just going to be <laughs> what comes out. And yeah. there was there was a song in the musical um it's called Maybe. It's the second to last song in the show. And it's like a big ensemble number where um, like everyone's singing and they're like, I'm going to figure things out and like we're going to do it and maybe life will be all right. And they're all like, yeah, super pumped. And I hated that song. Like when I wrote it <laughs> up until the like up until the week of the show, I absolutely hated it. I didn't like it. I wanted to rewrite it so bad. But everyone like everyone really liked it yeah and so it was catchy it was a fun one yeah and so you just yeah it's just like really upbeat and fun and so i don't know in terms of like writing on a on a time frame and a deadline you can't really let like what you like personally feel about things kind of get in the way yeah because then it will just it'll slow the whole process down and even if you don't necessarily like it uh you kind of have to get over it because eventually it's better. not just you like perfect yeah it's not just yeah. you who's going to experience it. So Also, Aaron, along the way, was like, this is just a workshop. So, like, you don't even have to finish the storyline. Like, you can go up till, um, like, intermission and then just stop or, like, however you want to do it. I prefer to have, like, a beginning, middle, and end. So we just did a super short, like, flash fiction yeah. um, version of a musical. But... It helps for him to say, you know, this is just a workshop. It doesn't have to be perfect. And then throughout the semester when we were um, practicing and going through rehearsals, he would help me a lot with dialogue saying, like, this line doesn't really work. Or do you feel why this is, like, slowing this down so we could cut and add? And actors were awesome. They they helped so much in, like, making the characters have voices, for me, at least in my head, because sometimes I feel like... Ugh, all the different voices are crazy. So it was a good process. Even though it was quick, I I think that I'm proud of what we put forth in the end. Mm-hmm. Ditto. <laughs> it's cool. And uh, Mickey and I were both able to go to the play, and it was very, like, I was loving it the whole time. I would laugh my head off at certain parts. And did you guys find, with working together, did it help you get over those parts where you're like, oh, I'm not sure about this part? Did you Did you see how you were able to help each other through Yeah, I would say like every time somebody asks, I'm like, I did not do any music or lyrics like I will not take credit for that. But we would run it past each other like, I don't really know if this like fits here or does this really describe this character well or whatever. We would run it past each other and it'd be like, oh, yeah, or no, maybe different. So that helped me with dialogue. Yeah. And in terms of like how I think of music in musicals. Uh, is like when the words aren't enough, like when speaking it isn't enough, you sing it. And mm-hmm. so that kind of helps in terms of like where to put music. And so if, if I was ever like stuck on something, I could talk to Carly and I'm like, well, what do you think about this moment or like this scene? It's like, how can we make this more dramatic or how can we bring more meaning or how can we flesh out this character more? Because then eventually you you feel the moment where like a song kind of like jumps out at you where you're like, this line or something right here is perfect for like the chorus of a song. So you would take that line or whatever that's written or that idea or something and then you turn it into a song. So it was helpful to like run things past each other and then like 
get your part done, even though you weren't necessarily working on the exact thing that you were working on. So. Very nice. So uh, maybe next we can talk about how, before we get into like when the play was produced, just how, your spe how you guys saw your specific abilities improve throughout the process. Was it because it was like an, a short time frame and you had to get it done, did you just see them accelerate? I think so. Especially like I've only done, well, I shouldn't say only. So at first when I started my degree, I had a creative writing minor. And so I've completed that and I really worked hard on like flash fiction and like writing stories. And then I took a playwriting class from Sister Densley, who is not the director, but the director's wife. And she is another teacher at our school. But she um, she taught me playwriting. I got to write a play and it was published in the one act um, spring festival for our school in yeah the spring anyway so I had done that before but nothing of this scale and never a musical I've never thought about it so I was very like at first I was writing as if it was a novel and as if the characters had to say everything where you know the actors have the choice to just be silent and show their emotions through actions so sometimes like we cut a lot of the dialogue down from like paragraphs to just like one line. And it's so much smoother on stage, like it's it's fast, it's upbeat. But I really had to work on that because I didn't want to write it like a novel because that would be too slow. Yeah, I think one of the, the major things I learned about like my creative process and just writing in general is not even on occasions, but I would say most of the time, less is more. And um, if you can find a way to kind of like, I don't know, in like a lot of writing classes, especially creative writing classes, they say show, don't tell. That's like a rule that people say. Mm -hmm. And it, it translates in, in music, in you know, dialogue, any, any creative form, I think at least, unless your point is to like tell people everything. But that was um, something I learned. And especially in like the frame of a song, a lot of like times when people write a song, they try to explain everything in it. And you go from like, from once I was a child and da da da. And then the very, very end, they're like, and now I know the world. And it's just like, it's crazy, right? Like they go, like they, they have this major transformation in five minutes, which is cool. But in a musical, you have to learn how to like break that up. You have to learn how to do, it's like, you, you learn to tell the backstory of one character and then like that can maybe tie into when they're telling another character about something else that happened in their life. You know, it's not necessarily about going from A to Z right at the beginning because then where do you go? So you kind of have to learn how to like pace your, pace your moments. Okay, I have a question for you both. So Carly, what are some written works of fiction or nonfiction that inspired you to write the dialogue for Familiar Strangers? Wow. wow. Um, I think more than written, I mean, I've, I've read a lot of flash fiction that's super funny and super dry. And flash fiction, for anybody that doesn't know, is just fiction that's super, super short. And I really like the sense of humor that usually that genre like has. So it's like it's witty and it's fast. So there's that genre that really like um, influenced me. 
And then I hate to even say it because it sounds so like un um, English majory of me, <laughs> but I lo- I love the Gilmore Girls, and I've been watching that on Netflix for years. And their dialogue, even though it's not my style, I would not say like I take Amy Sherman Palladino's words at all because she has a lot of different things going on but they're so witty and fast with each other and kind of a drier sense of humor which I like so I kind of took that style of just back and forth really fast and I wanted to put it in our musical especially since it was so short I didn't want it to get boring ever Mm -hmm. so I wanted people to always be saying something Um, I wanted it to be funny I don't really know that I have a literature like anything that inspired me, but definitely people in my life too inspired it. So. Well, yeah, you're a person who was very quick on your feet, so that was super enjoyable <laughs> to witness on stage. Thanks, Spencer. What about you? Did you have any certain places where you pulled inspiration for writing the music? Yeah, um, <clears throat> there is this quote that I kept thinking of as I wrote this musical. And it's been quoted by a ton of people, but I've heard it most often credited to uh, Picasso, I think it was. And it goes, uh, great artists cop- uh, good artists copy and great artists steal. And so, especially in terms of, like, composing the music, I won't say that I'm, like, an amazing composer. I just really liked the way that certain composers did something, and then I... We'll just be like, I like that kind of idea. How can I work that into like my creative process? And there was really, there's like three composers I really look to in terms of music and lyrics inspiration. Uh, the first is Jason Robert Brown. He wrote The Last Five Years, Songs for a New World, um, other musicals like that. And he just has a very, like, his songs have a very distinct sound and... They're just like really awesome and cool, have really flowing piano parts. And then uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he wrote Hamilton and In the Heights, lots of other stuff too. Uh, 21 Chump Street, very underrated musical, look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, Pasek and Paul, they're the pair that wrote Dear Evan Hansen, if any of you guys know that. Also Dogfight, really, really good uh, at characterizing people. Like their Mm -hmm. lyrics are very, like, they dig really deep into, like, how the character is thinking and what they do. That's what I really liked about them. And all of all of those composers, like, something they had in common is they had really awesome characters, really awesome lyrics, and really awesome, like, music. They're, they're all, like, good on their own. But the way that they make it work together, the way that the lyrics and the music interact and what it, like, represents for the characters, that was something I really wanted to like bring to our musical and that's why I really wanted to like that's why I took inspiration from can I ask you guys a question absolutely (laughs) what character or what scene like what part was your favorite or did you connect to any characters um because it is a workshop and I mean we've heard really good things but we also just want to get into like individuals and like see how they work so I don't know. Did you have a favorite part or line or quote or the so it's the scene where the the waitress remind me of 
the way Trixie. Trace, yeah. So when she licks the donut and <laughs> just, I think the her lines and the songs were great and that she played them so well yeah. because she, she just came at it. Like she didn't really care, just kind of grumpy, doesn't like her job. <laughs> and just how she's going back and forth and then, you know, he wants the donut, she ends up licking it. Um <laughs> And I just, I just thought that scene was so, so, so funny to me. Good. And that's, I think that was the most memorable, the one that sticks out in my mind. Yeah. What about you, Mickey? I did love Trixie. <laughs> she was so sassy. Loved her. Um, but the scenes that stuck out to me the most were Trixie's scene where her and what's his the name? The brother. Tim? No, the gun or, guy. Ah, oh. David Gunn. David <laughs> Gunn. The player. Right, so the player, when he's kind of hassling her about, like, opening up to opportunities, and she gets really defensive, she's like, I do. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I'm really close with Carly, so I just feel like we've had, like, these discussions about, like, opening up with people. Um, so that one, like, really hit home for me. And then also Nicole's character. Oh, yeah, Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah. So my heart just broke, you know, when the <laughs> ring falls and you're like, no. Like, <laughs> the plot twist. Yeah, it was a big twist. But it's also another thing that just made me laugh is she handles it with humor. She's like, thanks, Dad, or like, nice sign. Like, that just killed me, you know? Like, I love handling, like, sadness with humor. So yeah. I really love those parts. Cool. Glad they worked. Yeah. <laughs> that take it. Did what they wanted, you <laughs> yeah. know? I think that's a good segue into talking about, okay, so we talked a lot about, like, where did you get the inspiration, the process of composing and writing, but now let's talk about the process of the act, like, actually, the performance that was put on, Yeah. and where do we even start? Do we start with the auditions, or maybe we should start there? Um, Yeah. So, um... We had auditions, and Aaron was the director. Aaron Densley was the director. Mm -hmm. And so he let us come and watch auditions. We knew that we weren't really going to, like, get to pick exactly who was was cast in the end. But we did keep our own notes, and we were like, well, we could see this person, this person, this person. And we ended up agreeing on pretty much everyone. So Mm -hmm. it it worked out that way uh, with auditions and... Yeah, I don't know. It was just, like, even when I first, when we first talked about it that first night of auditions, when he's just, when, after callbacks were over, he was like, this is our cast. And we both were like, like yup. This is, <laughs> this is awesome. Like, yes. we were so yeah. stoked about it. So. And he's always super nice. He always asks us, do you want to see somebody again? Do you agree with this? Should I call this person back? But really, I mean, Aaron, right on, right on. So... There was never, like, a disagreement about who should get the part because he's just spot on. But, yeah. And so as you as you casted these different actors and actresses, so did how they played the role change what you thought about the character? Yeah. In any yeah. of the cases? Yes. And sometimes, you mm. know, I mean, I've never acted. I've never gone to auditions. Like, I'm very new to this whole, like, showbiz whatever. Um, but I think that, so I would, you know, remind the actors like, oh, actually like say it like this more, like this is more the motivation behind it. They're like, oh yeah. But sometimes I'd find a secret motivation, how they said it or like, oh my gosh, that's so good. Like he could be this now. Like they opened more doors to what people could be, Mm. I think. 
and that helps because it's a workshop. It's going to be two hours long instead of 45 minutes, so that helps. I think that makes it fun for the audience, too. Like, if you pigeonhole these lines where it can only be one thing, it's kind of just like you're a zombie watching this show, but mm-hmm. I bet a lot of people in the audience saw different futures for the characters, just like you said when you heard it mm-hmm. in the rehearsal. So that's cool. And I think something that helps you discover more about what you've written is having another person say it or sing yeah. it or do it because you can, like, I could sing a song that I wrote or Carly could do a monologue that she wrote, but if you hand it to someone else, they'll look at it with a completely pair of fresh eyes. Uh, and if, if they lo- are looking at it in the context of the whole musical, maybe they can say, like, oh, maybe this doesn't make sense. Or, like, you can realize that this sounds really dumb coming out of someone's mouth. Like, there was a line in one of the songs I wrote. I was like, this is the stupidest line that anyone could ever sing. Let's change it. So so many dialogue lines. I was like, nope. As soon as they said it, I was like, it's not your fault, but we're cutting that line. That's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff like that where the actors helped. And I mean, a few times we're like, oh, actually, I'd like to keep that line when they're like, it sounds kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But honestly, for the most part, they're like, this is weird. I'm like, yes, delete it. Like, <laughs> cut it completely. Forget that line ex- existed. So, yeah. There you go. And so from when you casted to Showtime, how long mm-hmm. was that? How long did they have to prepare and learn their lines? Six, six weeks. weeks. Six weeks? Yeah. It Was it the sixth week? it was performed or seventh i think it was, I think it was seventh. like yeah six weeks of rehearsal and then mm-hmm. the next week was the performances okay yeah. so it was a short time relatively yeah. so i mean they the actors i wish they were in here with us because they were so great mm-hmm. they came in first day and pretty much kind of knew the music like did wow. their homework they dealt with all of our changes all the time i mean cutting out a full song yeah. Um, I cut out a million lines of dialogue and added new. Um, we actually had originally cast Randy Allred as um, as the grandpa. Oh, it, it, like he was going to be a grandpa, but then he couldn't do it because he's super fancy and got published and had a <laughs> conference to go to. So our stage manager, Jacob, was just there, and Aaron's like, hey, what about him? Mm. And so I was like, well, (laughs) he's not a grandpa, but I could rewrite the line. So I completely rewrote a character. So he had brand new lines, and it was really fast. But they did awesome. They, like, perfect. I had the perfect experience, I feel like. Yeah. Very cool. So... With so when the play was performed, we talked about briefly in the beginning, like how successful it was. But I wanted to give you guys the opportunity just to talk about that a little bit more, maybe, and if you expected it or not, and why. There was no expectation (laughs) for this musical to do as well as it did. The Uh expectation was one person coming to see it, yeah, and that was maybe Mickey, (laughs) family, yeah, my family, you know, because when like. You, I mean, I don't know. For me, I couldn't really judge it off of anything because, I mean, we've never written anything before, really. Yeah. I mean, like, Carly wrote something for the one act, but that was part of a larger thing. And so this was its own standalone performance. And so mm-hmm. when yeah. opening night came and went, we were super excited. We are like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. But I just had this fear, like, ever since we finished it, it was like opening night, super, super well. Second night, 10 people in the audience. Okay. Like, it was like, <laughs> yeah. I just expected it to like to just not do as well as it did and uh the first night 
I was just so excited. Everyone was such high energy. Everyone was super like happy with it and it went really well. And then the second night, um, I was hanging out in the audience before the show and I saw like a lot of the same people who came the first night yeah. come again. Uh-huh. I was like, that is super weird. Yeah, like <laughs> students don't do things twice yeah. for money. Yeah, don't pay twice. First of all, during the process, it was like, I think Aaron said something about like $3 at the door. I was like, people are paying to see this. <laughs> like, this isn't just like a volunteer bit. He's like, no, people are coming to see this. I was like, okay. And then I thought that it was going to be a folding table, like two chairs, like nothing fancy. I didn't think we had a budget for anything, whatever. Of course, Aaron pulled out all the stops. We had a checkerboard floor mm-hmm. and a new bar he built all this set stuff. I mean, it looked beautiful just from the side. The band was amazing. I had zero expectations. So it fulfilled everything that I wanted it to be because I had such low expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And just like the, what really surprised me is like, yeah, students coming twice. That was really, really cool. But like I saw teachers there multiple times and I was like, that's really awesome. Like that's cool. And they said they're like, uh, the first time they saw it, they were like, wow, that's really awesome. I didn't think that it would be, like, good. Yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, like, like, they, didn't, they didn't say, like, I didn't think it was going to be good, but they were like, I thought it was going to seem like a student written, just like, I would have to, like, pretend to tell you good job. But yeah. uh, Joe Plick, I think, told both of us, he was like, <laughs> it was, was actually, like, like, really good. It was actually good. Yeah. It was actually good, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, thank you. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I think it was Friday or Saturday but we had a show at 7.30 and tickets were selling at 7. And we were just running around trying to get things ready. And we walked out the door and there was already a line. And I it was 6.30. I was and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like an hour until show. Oh, I was freaking out. I was so proud and like thankful that everybody came. Like, thanks. If you're listening and you came, thanks to you personally. Biggest thank you. Yeah. And then <laughs> Friday night... <laughs> Um, we, I think it sold out in like the first 10 minutes. And so then, uh, Crystal and Aaron start running around and asking everyone, they're like, would you mind doing another show tomorrow on the Saturday? And they're just like, have one at seven 30 and the show is only like 45 minutes long or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you'd have another show at eight 30. So you'd have like 15 minutes to kind of like go to the bathroom, get a drink, whatever, take a rest. And everyone said, sure, let's do it. And so then we had two shows the same night, which was super awesome. They were both, I think, both sold out. Yeah. So So six shows yeah. instead of five, which was awesome. Anyway, I'm just so thankful for, yeah. like, everybody that came and supported and then said nice things, which they totally didn't have to. So, Which were totally sincere. Yeah. Because, so, Spencer, before I knew him, he's, like, on YouTube. He's posted some... <laughs> music videos that he's created and I thought his music was great (laughs) and then I've been able to read like Carly just creative writing here and there throughout our creative writing minor time together and I've always thought she was talented but to see them both combine in a musical it was amazing (laughs) (laughs) high five thanks yeah and as you throughout the different plays uh I know the one on Friday after we just like sat down and talked about the play a little bit, but what kind of feedback did you learn from in those different responses? 
I honestly did not get one negative response. I'm like, what's your least favorite part? And they're like, I don't have one. Yeah. You know, like, I wish they would be more honest. I'm like, give me the feedback. <laughs> give me something better. Please. But, I mean, just, I think that people liked it because it was real. We tried not to make it a, since we're at BYU, I think it's a tradition to, like, try to relate it to the church sometimes, mm -hmm. which is fine, and that is beautiful in and of itself. But we really just tried to portray um, other people, not from BYU, not from Polynesia, just because the, that wasn't the story we chose. But people from New York, I mean, drinking coffee, which is like a no-no here, <laughs> <good>. you know. <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was glad that people liked it and yeah. didn't find it. I mean, we tried not to make it offensive or anything like squeaky clean. So I'm just pleased by the reaction. Yeah. And I think that what people liked about it ultimately was it was it was people just kind of like going through their life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, theater is is just about heightened situations. Like, if you couldn't really write a play about someone just going through the day because you'd be bored to tears. <laughs> but, you know, on this specific day, when someone happens to be in the same place as someone they fell in love with a year ago, you know, it's interesting. And it's not, it's not about, like, fighting dragons or, like, finding the cure to cancer. But it's about just, you know, falling in love or explaining your point of view to someone. And that can be interesting, I think. And I think that I think that's ultimately why people were kind of drawn to it because it's not necessarily about doing the biggest thing, but finding meaning in some of the little things that make life interesting. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe just we'll close with where you both see the play going from here. Do you see it, oh, you know, it was like looking back this one time at BYU-Hawaii, we put on this successful play, <laughs> or do you want to keep working with it? I mean, what are your visions for it? What's your vision? <laughs> I would love to keep working on it. I can't exactly say that I have huge plans for it, but knowing that people enjoy it in some regard uh, gives me hope that, you know, a few more people might like it and a few more people after that. Um the the play in its current version is a one act it's not a full length quote unquote musical um so we have been talking about lengthening it making it closer to 2 hours of a runtime so we certainly have plans to rewrite and kind of reshape the musical from what it is but i don't know if i have like super huge plans after that yeah I don't know. Uh, the Densleys have talked about getting it published, like once we've edited it and maybe made it longer. Like that would be amazing if like high school students could even do it at their high school, like whatever mm. it is. <clears throat> and so I think that's our plan. Just keep working on it and see where it goes. But I mean, no Broadway plans for right now. For right but now. For now. For now. <laughs> yet. Yet. But just super proud of it. I'm excited for that opportunity that just kind of like fell in my lap, literally like it's crazy. So, yeah. yeah. And I think no matter where it goes from here, it can be, it'll be seen as a great success just from how it's it started out. Yeah. So Thanks. We, thank you for sharing yeah. 
the experience with us. Is there anything else you guys want to add as we've been talking? Anything that you wanted to share? Um, I would say just as like, <laughs> I'm not the person to give like inspirational advice to anybody, <laughs> but I would say the thing that kind of started this all for me, at least when the thing that caused Aaron to ask me was me just kind of like showing him stuff that I wrote. And it it wasn't like something amazing. None of those poems or songs that I showed to him were anything spectacular. But uh, I would just say to anybody who like who likes writing and wants to do something in any way, shape, or form creatively, uh, I don't think it's ever a bad idea to like put yourself out there, or show like post your stuff online, or show your teachers if you're going to school, or show your friends even. Like it doesn't hurt to like put yourself out there and most of the time people will like it you know just believe in yourself work hard believe in yourself that's showbiz baby that's showbiz baby <laughs> that's showbiz yeah well thank you again for sharing your experience thanks it's for having great. us on yeah. and interviewing us it's really nice <laughs> thank you familiar strangers writers <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in this was the Zeno podcast you can stay updated by following our facebook and instagram pages at Zeno Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by BYU Hawaii's Reading and Writing Center. You can find us on YouTube or iTunes or by searching Zeno Podcast. That's X-E-N-O Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at BYUH underscore RWC at BYUH.edu. Thanks for learning by listening. 